You're listening to the Friends with Dogs podcast. Welcome everyone to the Friends with Dogs podcast. I'm Rick Maynard and this is my co-host Gina Maynard. Hello everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in for more conversations with good people who are doing good work on behalf of dogs. On behalf of good dogs. So we hope everyone is having a great summer. As it turns out, looking at the calendar, it looks like we are just entering the dog days of summer, which I guess should be a reason for celebration for this podcast, don't you think? I think so. Uh, I think I've heard the dog days of summer start in early July, so happy dog days of summer kickoff. That's right. I was reading earlier about why they're called the dog days of summer. Hmm. Turns out it's a reference to the time when the sun occupies the same region of the sky as Sirius, the star. And Sirius is the brightest star visible from any part of the Earth, and it's also part of the constellation called Canis Major, which means the greatest dog. Wow. So here we are on the podcast that teaches you about dogs with an occasional bonus astronomy lesson thrown in, too. But back to the dogs. Right. This week's interview focuses on the July 4th holiday. And I'm sure you know, while we all love celebrating Independence Day, a lot of us don't like the fireworks because of how they affect our four-legged friends. That's right. I've read a few stories about animal shelters who've come up with a creative solution. They've enlisted volunteers to come in and help calm the dogs on the evening of July 4th. And they do it in a really unique way. Yes, you saw this online. A number of shelters have volunteers who come in and sit with the dogs during fireworks, and they actually read to them to calm them, distract them from all the booms that tend to scare them so much. Yeah, and as we're reading the news stories about this, it turns out that one of the shelters that launched a read to the dogs on July 4th volunteer program in 2019 was our very own Kentucky Humane Society in Louisville. How about that? So here's our conversation with Angie Durgasing, an 11-year Kentucky Humane Society veteran and the driving force behind this really great program. Welcome to the Friends with Dogs podcast interview. This week, it's our pleasure to welcome Angie Durasing, who's an administrative coordinator at the Kentucky Humane Society in Louisville, and who also runs a pretty amazing and innovative program we want to talk about. So welcome to the show, Angie. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. So uh, tell us first a little bit about um, this idea that uh, you guys came up with to help out the dogs kind of relieve their stress on the 4th of July? Yeah, uh, actually one of our long-term volunteers tagged me in a post in 2018 and it was a shelter and I forget where it was, but they were, you know, um, showing people reading to the animals. Uh, it looked very soothing and fun. And I said, you know what? we are totally doing this next year. Like, I don't care where we're all at, we're going to do it. So a few, about a month before the fourth, um, we started putting out the word and um, that's kind of, that's just how it started. How many volunteers did you have that uh, participated last year? I think we had somewhere between 20 and 25. There were also a few volunteers that, you know, brought their, children. This is a, a great volunteer um, 
event to do because so many people can be included because they're not actually hands-on with the animals. So it's a low stress for the volunteers. It's just a fun time. So a few children came as well. So give us just an overview of exactly uh, if someone had popped into the shelter uh, last year or year before last on July 4th, what would they have seen going on there? Wow, it was uh, something wonderful for sure. So we started out with um, just getting everyone um, kind of in their places. We wanted to make sure each dog had their own person um, and we weren't sure how many people were going to show up exactly. So you know, everyone brought their chairs. We started the dogs with treats um, to make them comfortable with people. You know, the dogs in the shelter are used to people walking by them all day, but when people actually stop and sit in front of them, they get kind of confused. They're like, are you going to take me for a walk? Or, you know, am I getting a treat? So it did take them a few minutes to settle. So we did start with some treats and then, you know, everyone kind of sat at the same time to uh, let the dogs adjust to that. So this may be a strange question, but what kind of book do you actually read to a dog? (laughs) There were so many. So there were some dog fancy magazines, even (laughs) a couple cat fancy magazines. But I would say the number one books were children's books. Now with the magazines, were you opening them up or even with the books, showing them the pictures? Yes, (laughs) yes. And we had some people that... You could tell they were reading to their grandchildren at night because the puppies were looking at the pictures and we had them yawning. Uh, we had some people uh, reading very serious books. Uh, so it was, a, it was a definitely a, a really worthwhile thing to do for them. So what time of, uh, of the evening did this get underway and how long did it last, Angie? We did it from 8 to 10 uh, my husband and I, my, my son went as well. We got there about an hour early um, just to make sure everything was set up properly. We wanted to have treats out for them to give out and things like that. So solid from eight to 10. And at 10 o'clock, there were people still, you know, reading. So, um, you know, it was definitely, we could have went longer if, if um, we'd have planned it that way. They would have loved it. So this actually seems like the kind of thing that would be, I think this is a useful lesson for people at home too. Uh, Is this the kind of thing you'd recommend for people to try even at home? Just try and figure out a creative way to distract your dog during this stressful time? Yeah. You know, I think people know their dogs. You know, I have, I have five dogs um, and I have one dog that is very anxious and will start to pant. Um, So with him, we usually have the TV on all the time so I can, bring it up a notch or two um, just to drown out some of that. But, you know, it it really depends on how bad your dog is with the fireworks. You know, um, if it's so bad that they never settle, they start to drool, they start to pant, you know, those are times you're probably going to want to visit your veterinarian to maybe try some medication. But a lot of times just the soothing, you know, um, one-on-one interaction will take care of a dog that just has some slight apprehension about it. I can see that. Um, So we know that you are reading to the dogs. Do you have any singers in the group? Was there any poetry readers? I didn't hear any. I did hear one person singing, but they were (laughs) singing the book. Um, But definitely just some some great reading going on. So you mentioned that your your family also participated. 
Um, what do you feel like uh, your family got out of it in addition to the benefit for the dogs? Yeah, I've been doing shelter work 20-ish years. And so my children are used to just, if I ask them, they're ready to go. So is my husband. So, you know, they have been doing it so long that it's just normal for them to say yes and, and whatever we need, they'll usually pitch in and do. But definitely um, just seeing the, the mass of volunteers there, giving their time, you know, um, not participating in any fireworks and bringing their family out. It was, it was uh, really nice to see. And, and clearly the volunteers, uh, to your point, they got a lot out of this as well. Absolutely. Yes, it was a, it was a great time. And um, some of them had never heard of shelters doing that. And like I said, I had it until, uh, you know, several months before. So they were definitely like, this is going to be annual, right? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I hope it will be. And of course, you know, COVID, but definitely picking them back up this year to do it. So are you hearing from some of the same volunteers that participated in 2019 that want to come back for, uh, for this year's version? Absolutely. Yeah. When it was posted on our volunteer page, they were like, Hey, I can't believe we can come back. Um, yeah, like I say, it's a, it's a quiet time. The dogs are very settled. So, you know, the volunteers will sit together. They will even talk amongst each other and, you would be surprised how many dogs were sound asleep with the shelter full of people. Wow. It was amazing. I'm trying to paint a picture in my head. So, so you had a group of people in the middle of the, of the kennels or like each row of kennels talking to the, the yeah, dogs we in had that a, row? Absolutely. So we have, I think it's 12 kennels on each side. And uh, there was, we had enough that every dog had their own person. Oh. So it was, it was really kind of nice. Now the puppies, they're kind of in the middle of the building and they usually don't really care about the fireworks and they were behind, you know, actually two interior walls. So we, we focused only on those adult dogs who have, were in the runs where their guillotine doors are right there to the outside. Got it. So uh, any great success stories from last year's event that you could share? Really, I think so much of it was a success because the volunteers, it was like it recharged everyone to take part in something different. You know, um, they're used to the walks and they're used to, you know, coming in, walking the dogs. This was just something so different that it, it recharged everyone. They talked about it for weeks. <laughs> so what about advice for any other shelters who might want to try something like this? It sounds like something that would be, I know there's always a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes for events like this. People don't realize how much goes into them, but this one sounds like something that would actually be pretty simple to execute for most shelters. Yeah, I, that's the thing, you know, is um, these volunteers can be any level volunteers to take part in this. And I think, um, you know, even if they were friends or family members that wanted to come do it, since they're not actually handling animals, this is something that you just do it. And uh, then you work on it from there. But I, I definitely think that it's a, a very easy program to do. It's only a couple of hours and uh, anyone can be involved in it. 
Did anyone leave with a new furry friend last year or the last time? <laughs> they did not. They did not. However, there were many threats to do so. <laughs> I can see that. Our That's volunteers were pretty- great. Yeah. So, yeah. So you leave the house with a book in your hand and you come home with a puppy in the other hand. Yes. <laughs> that, that, that would be an ideal situation. <laughs> So it interests me, um, you know, just kind of because um, we deal with we have a actually he's a Kentucky Humane Society alum, our Australian Shepherd Preston, who's right here at our feet right now. And he is typically, um, believe it or not, pretty laid back. But uh, during fireworks and thunderstorms, he gets you know pretty nervous. So we've tried a lot of different things to distract him. Um, we may have to try this year and see how he uh, how, how he would react to uh, us reading him a story. Yeah, you never know. Um, you know, there. other than maybe turning up the TV a little bit or definitely um, keeping your curtains closed, your windows down, things like that. And there are a lot of people who maybe didn't have their pet last year, um, so they don't know how they're going to react. So I would recommend that anyone, you know, re- you know um, remind themselves how their dog acts this year and maybe adjust accordingly because it may need to be that they would need medication or something like that. Sure. I just wonder um, if there'd be an opportunity to involve any actual authors. I'd like to, I'd like to think that somewhere there's (laughs) someone who's written a book that they want to come and actually read their own book to the dogs. Oh, that would be great. We would welcome that for sure. Or an acting theater. Yeah. I could do perform little plays (laughs) for them. We don't want to turn this into a brainstorm. We just, we love this idea. Um, and, you know, as, as a couple, we've had dogs, you know, in our family for, you know, 30 years at this point. And in various stages, they've all been terrified, um, you know, by fireworks. So every year on the fourth, we're, we usually stay home as well and, and just try and tend yeah. to the dogs. But it's a really, really neat thing that you're doing. Um, it, it strikes me too that this is probably, kind of the beginning of the shelter starting to come out of the pandemic and actually having in-person volunteer events. Is that correct? Yeah, I think this will be our biggest indoor gathering. Um, you know, we've been doing limited volunteers at both of the campuses. So so this will be normal and, you know, for the first time. So uh, we're definitely looking forward to that. Doesn't it feel nice just to even say that word normal again? Oh, normal is nice, isn't it? It is. Definitely. You know, to see people just walking around the shelter now, coming in to look at animals to adopt without making an appointment. You know, it's just, it's wonderful. We're like, ooh, there's people in the building. (laughs) You know, and of course your adoption numbers go up. You know, um, people want to go to both locations sometimes if, if nothing's at one. And they can't really do that if you have to make an appointment and go through that. So you know, definitely adoption numbers are up um, since they could come in and do that. Is there anything else you might want to add? I will say that, you know, it's probably a good idea to walk your dog an extra time or two uh, early on the 4th. Um, try not to take them out during the fireworks. Uh, definitely, even if you have a fence yard, it's probably a good idea to take them out on the leash. Some dogs get spooked and will run. So, um, definitely keeping their collar and tags, microchip, things like that. Uh, some shelters, they will have increased uh, dogs. You know, the Metro Animal Service will get more dogs on the night of the fireworks. So definitely try to wear them out a little bit and uh, don't take them out during the fireworks if you can help it. 
Those are good tips. Absolutely. I know there's other, um, other reasons why, you know, you have to also be mindful of, you know, even people in your neighborhood who might be, um, you know, might be troubled by, you know, the loud noises and so forth, either veterans or older folks or what have you. So, um, we are more advocates of, uh, you know, doing something nice for a dog on July 4th than going out and setting off the big booms. Absolutely. I think that's a wonderful tradition to start (laughs) for sure. So if people want to find out more about the Kentucky Humane Society, uh, where would they go, Angie? They would go to www.kyhumane.org. There's information on volunteering, adoptable dogs, uh, puppy classes, uh, volunteering, just everything you could think of is on our website. Well, I've been around your organization for a lot of years, and I can attest Mm -hmm. to the amazing work that you guys do. And uh, it didn't surprise me to see that you guys were adopting something as innovative and fun as this, because it's a bunch of really creative uh, animal lovers passionate about the cause that you have working there. Oh, we are so lucky. We have amazing people. We have the best volunteers. Um, we're never scared to try something. It's, it's wonderful to be around such like-minded people. It's wonderful. Well, we're hoping for a relatively quiet July 4th then, and we look forward to checking in with you uh, afterward to see how, the, uh, how this year's uh, dog reading event goes. Perfect. I look forward to it. Thanks for being with us. such a nice program. It's good for the dogs and it's good for the volunteers. You really couldn't ask for anything more. During our chat, Angie touched on a few tips to help manage your dog's anxiety during fireworks, or it could be thunderstorms, but here are a few other suggestions. Yeah, and many of these tips come courtesy of the ASPCA, but feel free to reach out to your vet for advice on your specific situation. First, Doing something as simple as turning on some music and keeping your pet in an interior room with no windows can be helpful. That's right. Or you can do what we've always done, which is turn on the TV and crank up the volume. And maybe even try reading to your dog. It sounds like it works. We'll have to try that. Some people also have success with an anxiety vest for their dogs. We've used a Thunder shirt off and on over the years, so you can definitely look into one of those. Yeah, I'm not sure the Thundershirt actually had a huge impact whenever we tried it on Preston, but we did comment on how uh, how much slimmer it made him look. He was styling. He looked really cute in it. If you consult with your vet and she prescribes anti-anxiety meds for your dog, you might want to give those a test dose before July 4th just to see how your dog reacts. And as Angie mentioned, try to get those dog walks in earlier in the day. You might have to skip the evening walk until the fireworks are over. So keep your dog walking schedule a little more flexible for just a couple of days. You know, one other thing we accidentally discovered with Preston, who is, he's among those dogs that's desperately afraid of fireworks and thunderstorms. Mm -hmm. We happened to put our recliners right next to each other. And it turned out there's a perfect Australian Shepherd-sized tunnel right between them. (laughs) So when he gets nervous, he hangs out between our chairs, and then he's close enough that we can both put a hand on him and pet him and reassure him. So we accidentally discovered that Preston's tunnel of tranquility is a thing, and now the world knows we have the matching recliners side by side. Could we be any more cute? So, so cute. (laughs) All the cuteness. So take it from us. Move the furniture around if you have to. Do it for your dog. And as Angie said, 
Keep your dog's collar and tags on them and make sure they're microchipped. If your dog bolts because he's scared, this will improve the chances of him being returned home ASAP. So we hope these tips are helpful for you both on July 4th or any one of those many nights this summer when we're going to have thunderstorms. We want you to stay safe and take care of your pups. We'll talk to you again in a couple of weeks. Until then, go do something nice for a dog today. Bye, y'all.